G'day guys, welcome to the Manly Seagulls preview for 2023, a very disappointing season in 2022, finishing 11th after making a deep run in 2021. Now joining me to discuss the fortunes of Manly, we've got Jason Robson. How are you, Robbo? I'm good, TK, and how are you travelling? Doing really well, mate. Now Manly's an interesting team because new coach in Anthony Seabold. What's your thoughts on Seabs returning to the NRL? I'm very excited for it. Obviously, being a South Sydney supporter, I thought Seabold did a fantastic job with the Rabbitohs. And with the Broncos, his first season there wasn't actually that bad. And it was a point he did make when he was on James Graham podcast where he debuted, I think it was like 11 or 12 young players at the Broncos. And a fair few of them actually got on to do quite well. So I think there should be a bit of optimism for Seagulls fans with Seabold uh, yeah. at the helm. Yeah, I actually rate him as well. Like, you can't just kill him off one bad season. First season at South. Dalian, coach of the year, takes him to the prelim. Like, he knows what he's doing. It's just finding the right systems. Like, I, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and the amount of accountability actually on his part is actually quite strong. You think about him going to get a little bit of tutelage under Eddie Jones. I know it's a different sport, but realistically, getting, you know, tutelage from someone like Eddie Jones, I think can only, you know, hold him in high stead. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, what we saw with that interview did with James Graham is he's learning. He's not set in his ways in the in the sense that he goes, oh, well, I had one good season at South Sydney. I know how to coach a football team. He's understood that he needs to manage senior players a bit better. And I think that's quite important to do with Manly, considering how their salary cap is structured around three or four really key players. Yeah, let's have a look at the gains and losses here, Robbo. So gains, Kelma Tuolagi from the West Tigers. Ben Condon arrives from the Cowboys. Cooper Johns, he's from the Storm. And Nathaniel Roach, he's on a train and trial. He's come over from Parramatta. 2023 losses. They lose Kieran Forum to the Titans. Dylan Walker to the Warriors. Martin Tapao, unsigned. Well, actually, he is signed now. He's signed to the Broncos. And Andrew Davey, he's moved on to the Bulldogs. But like you said, the big three, it's all about the big three here, Robbo. Let's talk about Tommy Turbo because he's in that 600k mark. He's just jetted over to Philadelphia. By all reports, he's actually doing quite well. Did you actually see that photo, uh, that video of him at the Flyers game? I did actually see that as well. It was almost as awkward as the interview he had at the airport before he flew out to the US. But uh, <laughs> no, it's good to see him getting amongst it. Robo, 638k. He's not on our real list today, but we've got to talk about him in a fantasy sense because everyone... It, it, he is someone that everyone likes to talk about. He, you know, in 2021, he was literally the best player in NRL fantasy. But, you know, he got closed out and then got injured yet last year. But can we see a bit of a return to form? Like, what's your advice, especially for the new new players here, Jace? I think what we've got to be very careful with, and it's probably something we're going to talk about later, is the fact Manly have a buy in round two. And someone like Trebojevic, I'd like to see Manly just go, you know what, you're not going to play round one. Come in in round three and we'll, we'll see how we go. And... He is priced 100k over what he should have been based off his averages last year. And another thing that you know, we've spoken about a lot of times on the podcast is the 2021 stats, uh, particularly for those outside backs, can be very deceiving yep. because that track meet style that we had with PVL ball 2021, the game slowed down since then. So expecting Trebojevic to even average above 50 is probably a bit of a stretch. I think he'll be high 40s and there's probably some slight value in there, but you probably want to give him three dates like we love to do here at Talking League. Yeah, I think that is good advice, especially for young players. Don't just go off name sake value. I think he's just a weird one, right, Robbo, because then he has to, you know, he gets managed during origin. Their buyers are in awkward positions. It, it might even be a situation where we don't actually even pick him up. I'd say it's quite likely. And, you know, in previous years before 2021, he was a player that not many coaches would go for. 
he'd do well for, say, a few weeks, and then after that he'd fall apart. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case this year. Obviously, I hope he has a great season, you know, being a Blues supporter. But, uh, yeah, I think you need to see some runs on the board before you jump on. Yeah, you actually wanted to bring up their buys, didn't you? Just having a look just off my notes. They've got a buy in round 2, 14, and 19. So not exactly the first team to finish their buys, but they do finish it before the origin break. So if you were going to go someone like a Tom Travojevic post-round 20, round 20 is the last origin backup game, which he might play in against the Cowboys, probably not. Then they've got a finish there of the Sharks, Dragons, Roosters, Penrith, New Zealand, Dogs, and Tigers to finish. So you would have seven games left to maybe lock in a few Manly players here, Robo. Yeah, you do. And any that don't make Origin, we'll probably talk about one or two of them a bit later, could be quite useful during Origin. So they'll play Round 13, which is the first major buy. They'll play 16, which is the second major buy. They'll play 17, which is the second minor buy. And they'll also play Round 20, which is the third minor buy, and then obviously the rest of the season. So if you don't start with them and you pick them up after Round 2, you've basically only got to deal with you know two absences for the rest of the season. Yeah, not a bad one. All right, let's rip in some... How good is this play? Player analysis, studs, Daly Cherry Evans here, 851k, break even of 59 here, Robbo. Now, year on year, he's been one of the fantasy studs. Does start to creep up in age now. He's kind of nearly in his mid-30s, but thoughts on DCE for this year? Yeah, he's quite an interesting one. You mentioned father time there, but thankfully with DCE, he's not a player that's initially relied on explosive plays. Like, obviously, he's in great physical condition uh, for his age, but his game's more about putting other plays in good positions with kicks and good passing. And coming to this year, he's priced at 59.5. We're expecting a 61 to 63 average, so he's you know, more or less where he should be in terms of price. But it's interesting to note from last year that the real drop-off that they had from round 19 onwards when they lost their last seven matches. So... 2022, first 10 rounds, average 61.4, which is probably what you should expect from him from the whole season. Last year, the last seven games, so the last six games, he averaged 51 points, and he was actually goal-kicking in a few of those. So that was a serious drop-off from him and the rest of the Manly team. So, yeah, look, he's probably a slightly bit underpriced by, say, two or three average points. But the issue I have with him is that in the halves this year, I think you want to go the best, like grab a Cleary or a Hines, you know, those all-round plays that also kick goals, unlike DCE. Or go down a little bit lower, you know, the Dwayhees, the Sam Walkers, the Burtons and the Hastings. He's a good player, but I think taking him is too much uh, of an opportunity cost uh, when it comes to your initial salary cap. Yeah, totally support that as well. He's just in that awkward, what, purgatory really, right? He's just not as good as Hines and Cleary. And like you just said, you've got that next level down where they probably all have some upside. Yeah, absolutely. And someone like Dwayne, I think a lot of us expect to average on or about what DCE does, and you can get him for 80k cheaper. So, again, I don't think we'll see high ownership percentage for DCE at the start. Nice. Now, next guy on the agenda, Hamole Olakowatu, 731k, break-even of 50. Career year last year, nearly made the origin team, but he's destructive on that right edge. What's your thoughts here? So by the time this comes out, a player in focus video would have come out on the socials uh, that I did on Olakowatu. And the thing that really interested me last year was, again, he was another player that had that strong start to the season and then dropped off in those last seven games when you know, there was a bit of turmoil at Manly for various different reasons on and off the field. So in the first 18 rounds, he played 15 games, averaged 54.6 with a 0.6 try scoring rate. Mm. The last six games that he played, so he, out of that six and seven losing streak, he played six of them. He averaged 42 and a half, yep. which is a significant drop-off, basically chipped about three points of his average from you know, the first 18, 19 rounds, which means he's priced 
maybe a little bit slightly under, but I think the thing that we need to keep in mind with Olakawatu, and Jay Warrior made a fantastic point, I believe it was on the last live that he was on, which explosive players. We love explosive players because they're fun to watch, but they're very stressful to own because when you've got those reliable scorers that basically hit a quarter of their, their points every 20 minutes, it's a nice, easy watch show. They're just making the tackles, couple of run beaters, maybe the occasional offload or or a, or a tackle bust. But mm. with Olakawatu, it'll be 20, 30 points in one play, which... I think with an explosive player, creates an opportunity to maybe time the market on him. So we know with Olakowatu that if he doesn't score a try, he'll struggle to get over 40. But if he has a good run or scores a try, he's going to go probably over 60. So rounds four to seven, the Seagulls have got the Bunnies, the Knights, the Panthers, the Storm. He could have two or three games in there where he goes trialless and averages maybe 40 across that stretch, drops into the mid-600s. He could be a nice asset to pick up at the time because you've probably got about 12, 12.5 million in your salary cap, probably looking to get a couple of cashies out or move some plays before Ogin. If you can get him at an underpriced you know, situation, that's going to be a great get, notwithstanding the fact that he will average 50 this season. It's just going to be with 70 one week, 30 the next week, 40 the next week, 55 and so forth. So if you can get him when he's a cheap price after he's had one buy, I reckon he'll be very interesting to watch from, say, about round eight. Yeah, what do you think projection-wise here, Jase? So we got him 50 to 52, which is what he's priced at. Mm. So that's why there's not necessarily a recommendation to go with him from the start because obviously there is that risk of origin as well. But again, say those four games that between rounds four and seven, if he's not had a great run, he might be someone to pick up on the downswing, hold him for the rest of the season and be comfortable that he's probably going to average 50 without you having to pay that full price for him. I like it. Now let's move over to... No, 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 no. Some duds. Unfortunately, we make Jake Trevojevic 641k, break even of 44. Now... He's one of those players, Robbo, that started... He's kind of always been a 50 player, but just over the last couple of years, just kind of lost a little bit and a little bit more. Last year, he's just, you know, it's one of his lower sort of averages for his career. He still does play huge minutes, but compared to some of the other, you know, more explosive locks, you can Murray's, you, even to an extent Victor Radley, even though he's not a fantasy relevant with the minutes that he plays. But he just... Even though he can use the ball a little bit, he doesn't kind of break the line, especially like Cam Murray. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that mainly struggle with. You look at the forwards they have in their forward pack, and they're all good forwards in isolation. Troy, which is obviously a fantastic player. Aloe, Paseka, even the likes of Kepi and Sipley can do a good job. But they're all pretty much that one pace in the sense that, you know, there's not much footwork at the line. I mean, Trojevic has a passing game, but not many of the others do. Mm. And, yeah, it means that, yeah, Trojevic you know, is a symptom of that in terms of his fantasy scoring. He doesn't have much of a tackle bust or an offload in him. Uh, the only time he'd probably get a tackle bust is if he fell over the line for a try and someone um, failed to tackle him. And, yeah, look, he's got that name recognition, which I think a lot of inexperienced coaches might look at and go, oh, he's not that expensive, let's, let's jump on. But um, as I wrote in a textbook, and I'll quote myself here, which is always dangerous, <laughs> if they bring in fantasy points for giving a thumbs up in a photo, he'd be a set and forget captain. But <laughs> last time I checked, they're not going to do that, so you just got to stay away from him unless he's, like, sitting there in free agents and draft. Yeah, I think so too. Now, moving on, Morgan Harper, 459k, break even at 32. Probably the most tortured man on social media of all time. But what's your thoughts? Can he even retain his spot in the team here, Robbo? If Manly pick their best 13 players to start, I don't think he'll be in the team. And that's no slight of Morgan Harper. I just see a lot of talent in a play that we're going to talk about later. But I think with the fact that Jason Saab's out for a bit and there's not a lot of natural wingers in the side besides Garrick, he might actually get a go in the centres just because they're trying to look at, you know, how the side best balances out. But, yeah, as you said, Talakai took his soul last year and even before that he wasn't a spectacular fantasy player and he's a centre in that no-go zone where he's 450, priced at what you can expect. 
and someone that you shouldn't be looking at unless you need some draft depth. Yep, valuable advice. Now, we've still got Cashies, Bounce Back, and a little bit of Trap City to go. But just a big shout-out to just a friend, Marco, and Heroes with Ability. Now, they've got a big lunch to raise a, a bit of money there. They look after disabled children running sports and rugby league clinics. Now, this lunch is at Combank Stadium. It's three courses, three-hour beverages, 17th of February it is. Tickets starting at $200 per person, or you can get a you can get a full table there. So just get in contact with Marco at info at heroeswithability.com or just head over to heroeswithability.com as well for plenty more information. They're a great organisation. Both Nathan and Ivan Cleary are ambassadors there, as is Ryan Madison, Sean Kepi, Billy Walters, and a few other NRL players. So definitely give them a follow across the social medias, and if you can, get along to the day at Combank Stadium. It's on the 17th of February. Now, the Talking League textbooks, that is out now. That's 180 pages, full of the world's best analysis and dribble, 391 player profiles, Q&A with the two last champs, both Will and Shane, power rankings across all positions, our bold predictions for this year, classic and draft strategy and tips. Now, 20% of profits of the textbook is donated to Bell Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contribution of Steve Nichols, who passed away from bowel cancer, a very valuable member of the fantasy community. And our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free packs of rare cards valued at $9.99 each. So the textbook, it is retailing at nineteen ninety five. There is a free sample of 20 pages. So if you want to have a look before you buy, just jump on talkingleaguepod.com and you can get either your free sample or jump on and support a great cause and you're also supporting the podcast. So we really, really thank you for that one. All right, Robbo, let's do... We've got a few good cashies here, so let's... Now, Robbo, first guy is KO Weeks. Now, he's a 250K, so we're looking at a break-even of 17. A little bit of talk about his chances for round one, given that he was on the bench late last year, and he's a very highly talented fullback. But give me a little bit of background, and what's your thoughts on his potential for round one? Yeah, Weeks is a very interesting player. Now, if we go all the way back, he was a former athletic sprint champion at, at Newington College. And you know who else went to Newington College, TK? Cam Murray. Didn't he? Certainly did. So he's got, yeah. And guess who yeah, else did? Yeah. So he's got Gus, the, Gussie did he's too. Got, and they're in the same class. There you go. That pedigree. So much pedigree. But uh, no, incredibly talented player. I've actually had a bit of a look at him in terms of some of his gameplay from the juniors. And the thing that really impressed me about him is obviously he's incredibly quick, but his decision-making and vision is, is very impressive. And often when you watch videos of rugby league plays, he's like, oh, they should have passed there or they should have held onto the ball or whatever. A lot of the time I'd be watching him like make a break or whatever and going, oh, why did he get rid of the ball? And then you realise like three seconds later that he's managed to pass it to someone in a better position and they've you know, managed to finish off a try, whereas if he held onto it, uh, he would have got tackled. So he's very impressive. And a lot of Seagulls fans are very keen on him and they're very concerned about ending up with Clint Gutherson Mark too because as we know, he was on the books there at Manly, couldn't get a game. And then it's obviously gone to Parramatta and become a very, very good NRL player. And they're very concerned about that. Some of them even rate him higher than Tortsell Kohler, which I think is um, very high raps because Kohler's turned out to be a very, very impressive player. So in his debut last year against... Uh, when I say debut, I'm talking about his starting debut mm. at fullback in round 25 when you know, the weather conditions at uh, the Olympic Stadium were atrocious. And he, he, he had four errors... But, you know, the weather was shocking. He was trying to catch Matt Burton bombs, but he really uh, made a good account of himself in that game. And for me, I think with his contract running out this year, Manly have got to get him in the team somewhere. He's too talented to not be in the team. Now, whether they try and accommodate him by, say, if Tavoyevich doesn't start the season, they throw him in at fullback. But I'd be inclined, 
if I was Manly to be throwing him on the wing. And that's sort of what we've projected in the textbook, that they'll throw him on the wing just to get, you know, the best players on the park. He's not a natural winger, but he does have all the skills to, to be an effective player. So he's someone to watch out for. I reckon if he gets a start in round one, it's someone that you could take on your bench, but then at the same time, I think some people might take Sloan because they know that his position's secured. So K Weeks is certainly someone to watch because he can play 5'8 as well as fullback. So let's yep. just say there's an injury in the halves. Um, he's got a pretty solid all-round game, so one to keep an eye out for this season. Yeah, nice little duel there as well. Now, next guy I want to talk to you about is Sean Kepi here, Robbo. 302K, break even at 21. Very interesting. We've got him projected to actually start in round one. Does have a little bit of form, not a huge amount of PPM, but t- tell me... Tell me a little bit about your thoughts, because I know Cole's very, very, you know, he's very, very keen on him. Yeah, so the listeners probably would have seen the draft team that I sent out uh, in our post probably about a week or so ago. I actually had Kepi there as my 18th player. Now, he's someone that is definitely in my thoughts, because he's only priced to 40, 45k above those base price players. So mm. isn't going to break the bank. Round two buy is a little bit of a concern, but what I'm seeing here, though, is with no Martin to power there, there's definitely some minutes that are going to be available for a Ford to take up. Now, they're not going to get massive minutes because Tapao wasn't playing massive minutes at the end of last year, but a 30-35 minute roll isn't out of the question for Kepin. If he stays in the middle, does the uh, O's and X as well, he could average in that sort of high 20s, low 30s, which is a nice slow burner to have on your bench, and particularly with that round two buy, you know, getting out of his system very, very early, we're going to go through rounds three, four, five, six, seven, probably missing a few plays with you know our strong players having buys. And he probably wouldn't be the worst player to be able to loop in or just throw in your team for a week or two. So if he can fit in your side as, say, maybe like an 18th player, yeah. he'd be someone I've been looking at. But again, be realistic in your expectations. He's probably not going to average 40s. Yeah, exactly. With his prop average over his career of 28 from 41 minutes, you probably have a little bit of upside on that. So he's got a little bit of value, as you said. Slow burn. I'm Yeah, I'm right behind that. If I can fit it, and especially with the emergency, he's got a little bit of job security there as well. I think he'll be well in a mix for a 40 to 45-minute roll. So someone for us to track there. All right, next guy, Ben Travojevic, 250K, break-even of 17. Hasn't really been thrown around too much. What are we thinking? More likely, because of his versatility, maybe a 14 gig? That's potentially the case. We, we're still unsure as to Carl Lawton. I've heard people being optimistic about him being back for round one. I'm not so sold on that, mm. but again, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that. So he could end up on the bench in round one, and if he did, I probably would stay away from him. What we're looking at here is an opportunity for him to start, whether that's in the centres, the back row, or somewhere else in the team. Uh, but he's only had one start this thus far in his career. He scored 64, but it's very important to point out that he had a double and a try assist in that game. So... We haven't got an awful lot of data on him. All we know that he's got a great pedigree from the surname and dual position, but he's probably one that you'd want not even just three dates, probably four or five dates on before you decided to invest in Chaboyevich Jr. Totally agree. All right. Now, Robbo, Kelmar, Tuolagi, 501k. Break-even's a little bit higher. Sorry, I just don't have that on my screen. I'll just find that for you in a second. But he moves over from the Tigers, and he had a pretty good season. Was a slow cash burn last year because he was kind of in and out of the team. Missed a few tackles, but you're kind of high on him for this year. Now, he's got a break-even of 35. My apologies. But, yeah, give me your thoughts on, yeah, your reasoning behind his bounce back. Yeah, so starting with the bounce-back narrative, it actually comes to the game he played against his former employer last year. We had seven missed tackles, and he scored a massive 18 in 80 minutes. So, which, 
Uh, I mean, have I sold you him already or what? <laughs> no. Uh, the, the fact that I like about Tuolungi is he's coming into the Manly side where I don't really think there's a secured left edge in there, and I think he's a logical fit to start there, which I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. Now, in the introductory pod, I did put him as my bold prediction that he would have a gun season. Now, obviously, with bold predictions, they are what they are. They're bold predictions. They're not based on facts or numbers. So you'll see in the textbook we've predict- projected him at 41 to 43, which yep. I think is pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. A slight improvement from last year probably having a team that's confident in him because they've actually made the effort to go out and sign him. Now, what we do like from Tuolungi is he does have great work rate in defence. He's not afraid to make his tackles, and he's got an offload in his game, which are two skills that you want from an edge because often a lot of them do rely on those explosive plays. The issue we've got, though, is when his team has the ball, he is a great decoy runner, but he's often not on the receiving end of it, and as a result, his run metres are statistically quite low compared to a lot of edges. So... I think that's where that upside is, is that if he can work out a nice combo on that left-hand side with the likes of Trevojevic or Garrick and Schuster, who will probably be the 5'8th on that side of the park, yep. there's an attacking upside there for him to scoop up. Now, again, with Manly plays, they're very awkward, and he's incredibly awkward because he's priced in that 500 range. They've got a buy around too. So, again, it sounds like we're just uh, on repeat here, but he's one that I'd be giving three dates to. But if we're seeing some constant improvement in those run meters and you know a decent tackle to miss tackle ratio he might be a nice pickup around round four or five yeah it could become a good pod there okay we're going to finish with two traps here robbo now the first one you mentioned his name josh schuster 479k break even a 33 dual edge half but considering what we thought he was going to come in at robbo so disappointing for me it's just he just seems to have just priced himself out of like our reasoning to get him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he was 250, 260, 270, you pick him up because you know everyone else is going to pick him up in his dual position. And even if he's not outstanding, you just block that off as one that people can't pod you on. But with him being corrected, inverted mm. commas, uh, by NRL Fantasy, it's pretty much sapped any sort of enthusiasm out of him because... Now, we expect that he'll probably average in that high 30s, like a 36 to 38, which is not too far above what uh, not too far above what he's actually been priced at. Yep. So he's one that I think he's a trap in the sense that people are going to go, well, well, he barely played last year, so he's going to improve, which is, is factually correct. But the problem is in fantasy is that we're looking at the value. He's probably priced close to what we can expect. At most, we've got five, six points of A if he does really well. Mm. And for a half that doesn't goal kick and doesn't do much in-play kicking, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to increase in price by a long way. Yeah, you make a great point. Dominant half next to him. Forum never really made much of an inroad. He's 23% owner at the moment. So if we're ever going to antipod someone, I think it's going to be this guy. Look, on the plus side, he's taking his training seriously, getting his weight down, and he really wants to have a red-hot crack. So he's, again, I don't think... I think you've just summed it up beautifully. I don't think there's any... With a buy in round two, I don't think there's any reason to go out there and rush, especially when you think that you've got Luke Garner and Ellie Katoa with potential around the same price, and then Hopgood is another, what, 30K lower than him. So in the same position, I know that he does have a half jewel, but realistically, most people are going to carry one of Hines and also Cleary. People are also looking at Tanner Boyd and maybe another one of either Jackson Hastings, Sam Walker, Matt Burden. So we don't really need another half. So his value really isn't there. 
No, it's not. And that's the main thing that we're looking at at the start is we're looking for that value. And look, if he turns out to be good, we can grab him later. You know, we can correct a mistake in round four or five. But I think you need to see some runs on the board because we don't even have a massive sample size of him playing in the halves as it is. Yeah. Now, next guy, Ruben Garrick. He's 646K, break even of 45. He did really well in that run in 2021. But obviously, he was scoring a lot of tries off the back of a lot of turbo work. Kicking, like, what, six or seven goals every week as well. But at the moment, kind of in a bit of a centre. He wants to play centre. Probably his best position's fullback, but might end up on the wing. What's your thoughts here on Ruben, Ruben Garrick? Yeah, he summed it up quite well there. There was obviously that protracted transfer saga in the off-season with the Knights very keen to take him to be their number one. And he decided to stay put. And the media, we were stressed that the media put this out. It's not like we've got any inside word here. We're suggesting that basically the centre was put in as a bargaining chip for him to come, you know, one in the field to keep him there at Manly. Now, we do have him projected to be in the centres. Now, again, we're not absolutely certain with this because, as we mentioned before, we're talking about weeks, that they've got Parker, Harper and Cole. You would expect Cole is going to be locked in there on the right centre, but... You know, Seabold might decide that he doesn't, you know, doesn't want um, you know, too much inexperience in there at the back, and he might decide mm. to pick up a Parker or Harper, put them there at left centre, and then Garrick at left wing, which, if he does, obviously means that he's overpriced, and I think everyone can, can spot that. Makes yeah. him not much of a trap, I would say. But if he gets centre, that's where he could actually be quite interesting, and we don't have any specified draft plays for the Seagulls, but he's a player that could end up being one of those players, because if he gets the centre dual position and then somehow ends up back at fullback later in the year, if Trevojevic mm. breaks down or whatever... He could be the best centre in NRL fantasy. But even if he doesn't get that full-back position later on, he's still going to probably chart as like a Val Holmes light, like average in those sort of like low 40s because he does kick goals and he does kick them quite well. Yeah, nice one. We'll keep an eye on that one. All right, Benjamin, thank you for joining us on that one. If you haven't yet, we would love a review on Spotify or Apple. Please join us on social media, Facebook, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One, Instagram, Talking League Pod. Now, the Talking League text, as I mentioned, is out now, so just head over to talkingleaguepod.com to purchase your copy today. Robbo, great analysis, man. Really appreciate your thoughts on Manly today. That was good fun, TK. It would be interesting to see how they go this year. Nice, and we'll see you for more Around the Traps on every Saturday. It's me, Robbo, and Supercoach Whisperer, which I'm really enjoying, man. Yeah, no, it's been good fun. It was actually good to have Josh back in the fold and be at full strength. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Plenty of more pods to come. So Monday night we do Team Doctor. We'll have plenty of the team previews. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to them now. We've got positionals coming up. Every Thursday it's coming up. It was on Wednesday, but it's going to switch over to Thursday so the Queensland boys can take it over. That's a live Q&A. It'll be at 8.30, which is Queensland time, or 7.30 New South Wales time. Now, be on the lookout. Sorry, it's at 8.30 New South Wales time, 7.30 Queensland time. I'm just having an absolute shocker here. As I did mention, around the traps with me, Robbo, and Supercoach Whisperer on the Saturday. But thank you again for tuning in and all the people that's bought the textbook as well. Really appreciate it. But for now, ciao for now.